Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Forbidden Cinema, Going Deeper. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And I think this is going to come out, we're going to do it three weeks straight without missing a week. Wow, guys. Three twenty four resolutions. Uh, all right, now you have to post something on Instagram. I know, guys. Guys, I just... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you all the things. I'll give you a full retrospective and all the fun things. Ooh. I just... When I... Can't get it to do exactly what I wanted to do. I just don't. <laughs> There's a little insight of my personality. All right. Any unfinished business you have on Caddyshack before I get into – it's going to get wild. There's oh, true wow. crime. There's what? disappearing people. There's the 70s. There's what ha- what to do after disco. Oh, man. No, I have nothing. I feel like I've seen a couple things randomly, but you're probably going to cover them. And if you don't, I'll sprinkle them in. All right. <laughs> so I wanted to briefly get into Harold Ramis. I mean, you know, your boyfriend. But <laughs> <laughs> he was my favorite real animated Ghostbuster. <laughs> oh, mine too. He was the one figure I had. <laughs> I mean, the like he and spoiler Lionel. alert. I guess spoil really truly, but I'm just gonna say that the most recent Ghostbusters that's come out, the end made me cry. <laughs> I did cry. He started his career in entertainment. He was working as an orderly at a mental institution. He started That his... explains a lot. <laughs> his career in entertainment as a joke editor for Playboy magazine. Oh, okay. So yeah, I feel like we've come real full circle here. Exactly. And then, you know, went to SCTV. His first major film was Animal House in 1978. And then mm-hmm. this is pretty much the next thing. He has written four of AFI's 100 top funniest movies of all time. That's amazing. Ghostbusters at 28, Animal House at 36, Groundhog Day at 34, and Caddyshack at 71. I mean, that's you can't expect more out of a career than that. No. Meatballs, Stripes, and Back to School were all nominated. Okay. Back to School, that's another Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't true. think I realized how much Rodney Dangerfield was part of this crew. I didn't either. Really kind of thought this, I didn't realize that, yeah, Harold Ramis and he had such a collaboration and I mean, it, it was nominated for afi's 100 funniest movie maybe it goes on the list maybe because i just kind of have put i mean i knew rodney dangerfield was funny in a certain kind of way and i've always put that certain kind of way just in a box <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> that's over there like i get it it's like real dad it's so dad it, it's almost grandfather it, stuff. it's like dad yeah grandfather in a barco lounger type of with a beer <laughs> it's like dads that we didn't have it's archie bunker <laughs> even though your dad does his shtick so much. He does, so but he's weird. not that kind of dad. No, though. not at all. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it at all. It's like my dad and all of the National Lampoon and the Cheech and Chong. Well, the Cheech and Chong stuff makes a little bit of sense, but, you know. But I feel like that was a very small window of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Brian Doyle Murphy. His first role was in the movie Fuzz. He plays Detective. Have you... No. It's Burt Reynolds and Raquel Welch. Oh, that sounds interesting. And the bad guy is Yul Brenner. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is really interesting. It's probably crap because I've never heard of it, but. And his next movie was Tarzoon Shame of the Jungle. <laughs> it was a French pornographic animated film. Wow. That, uh, Brian Doyle Murphy played one of the English dubbed voices for her. <laughs> The poster of it that is on IMDb and is uncensored is Tarzoon swinging from a rope and the chimpanzee is dangling from between Uh, us. Wow. (laughs) And he's stretched pretty far. Wow. I guess Jane gets kidnapped by giant sentient dicks that just like walk around like weird bird things and 
That no. It's on YouTube if you want to see it. That's it's, unsettling. It's 1975's drug animation. It's kind of like that, you know, heavy metal meets right. fire and ice meets Lord of the Rings. It's that's Fritz the Cat. It's that stuff. Got it. And let's see that he was he wrote his only other movie he ever wrote. He was a writer for Saturday Night Live for a long time. Oh, I didn't his know that. The only other movie that he ever wrote was Club Paradise with Robin Williams and Peter O'Toole, also directed <laughs> by Harold Ramis. Wow. I feel like I remember the trailer for this. I don't remember anything about that. And I love both those actors. I mean, I grew up knowing Peter O'Toole from a comedy. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that's yeah, not that's something, weird. exactly. That's not what you necessarily think Peter O'Toole, but that's like my, my first. Year. Yeah. Okay. That's my first memory of him. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Mark Lynn Baker is so your boyfriend, too. <laughs> yeah. You have weird boyfriends in this episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Careful. Ed Begley Jr. shows up later. Ooh, watch <laughs> out. And then briefly into I mean, Caddy. And Pinchot is coming right up. <laughs> briefly into Caddyshack 2. Caddyshack 2 holds a 4 on percent. Fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's pretty So there's loud. one valid positive review for it. Had a $20 million budget with an $11 million gross. It stars Jackie Mason and Robert Stack as the two. Oh, wow. that's That seems like a, a parody of a parody. Sort like having of. Robert Stack, like him playing so serious. I'm sure he has guess, to play yeah, serious. Yeah, Jackie Mason, I guess, is the brash new money that tries to get in and gets pushed out. So he buys the entire club and turns it into a theme park. And okay. they have to play golf for the soul of the club. Okay. So that makes – play golf for the soul of the club. So that makes Robert Stack and his, like, very stoicism, like, the good guy? I don't think so, no. I, this is always a movie about underdogs and eccentrics and wackadoodles. Yeah, but if he – but if Jackie Mason's the – so who's the good guy? Look enough into this movie. To- <laughs> All right. Never mind then. All right. I'm guessing Jackie Mason is the good guy, but, like – but if you, he's the Rodney Dangerfield-like. Yeah, but if Rodney Dangerfield had... They couldn't get Rodney Dangerfield, so they got Sam Kinison, and then Sam Kinison dropped out, so they got <laughs> Jackie Mason. Well, but if, if Rodney Dangerfield in the first movie had bought the club and they had to golf to, oh, save, like, the like club, to save the club, he would be he a bad guy. Bag. Okay, good yeah. point, good point. So I don't know. I don't know. Caddyshack 2 is one of the four PG-rated movies after 1984 and the PG-13 rating that came out to have the word fuck in it. Well, we've discussed this briefly, I think. Very on, briefly. Do you so briefly that ones? I don't know that I remember. <laughs> Spaceballs, Beetlejuice, and Big. Okay. All three of the – Caddyshack 2 is not, but all three of the other ones are on our list. Right. Yeah. I mean, all of those are – I don't know why Big would need fuck. Beetlejuice seems like it needs fuck. And then you said – I don't know if Beetlejuice, like if the version that's on Disney+, Plus, I think they might censor it out. I probably have never seen Beetlejuice with the word fuck. Really? I mean, it's good. It's a possibility. I have no idea. It's because Beetlejuice is little, and he's in the model of the guy made, that Alec Baldwin uh, made, well, and he kicks over the tree, and he says, nice fucking model, and then he honks his balls. And I, his I balls remember like, that scene, clout. but I don't know that I remember if he said fuck. Okay. Like, I, I'm oh, not see, sure. I had, we had, like, the original version that, you know, dad was at the Kroger video rental. Right, so he had, like... And he would take all the videos home that somebody had said didn't play, and we could fix most of them. You know, you unscrew them and respool them and whatnot, and yeah, so... Yeah, that's yeah. some real, like, yeah, real retail stuff. Like, I'll fix this. We're not going to damage this out. <laughs> so... We wanted to talk about how I wanted to see Caddyshack 2 at Mr. Gaddy's Pizza so bad. Yes. And we saw Police Academy 6 instead. And we had, is Mr. Gaddy's local? 
It is not. It was opened in 1969 in Austin, Texas. Okay. By a guy named uh, James Ure. It was called The Pizza Place. Okay. And apparently the pizza place was a little generic, so they held a contest for trying to figure out what to call it. His wife's maiden name was Gaddy. Oh, okay. So he became Mr. Gaddy. By 1974, there were 18 locations, and it was bought out by a large corporation. They changed the name to Gaddy's Town and Gaddy's Pizza, various points. Gaddy's Pizza at one point had almost 30% of the Google search traffic as Mr. Gaddy's, even though it hadn't been technically Mr. Gaddy's in seven years. And so they're like, we're just going to call it Mr. Gaddy's. It has had, it's got 75 locations roughly. Oh, still? Now? Yes. The closest ones to us are in Murray, Kentucky, Elizabethtown, about an hour north of Knoxville and in Maryville or Merville. If Merville. You're from there. Merville. Merville. I'm sorry. I was like, Maryville? What? Merville. <laughs> Murray, Kentucky. I think we need, to, we need to call our friends and do a road trip. Trip. Road trip. Hit up. <laughs> do some four-wheeling at his dad's farm and eat some Mr. Gaddy's. Because I went to Mr. Gaddy's. Or not to Mr. Gaddy's. I went to Murray, Kentucky uh, on business. Yeah. Which, that's a thing. <laughs> Murray, Kentucky. But I remember telling you, it's like, there was this really big bridge. And then I drove for like 20 minutes. And there was this other, like, it was the exact same bridge. And then I got to Murray, Kentucky. And then I looked it up when I got home. And there's a park is, that I've known about my whole life that I've been to a few times called Land Between the Lakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are the two lakes. That's, okay, that's where Land Between the, the Lakes is, is Murray, Kentucky. Is between here and Murray, Kentucky. The real lake. Okay. Yeah, like, the, too, like yeah. there's these, like, big rivers with big identical bridges and then in between there's just nothing but trees <laughs> and like, yes, yeah <laughs> yeah we went we went on a camping like in fifth grade school camping trip yeah it makes so much sense but i was just going there in the middle of the night like leaving work one day after getting a haircut I think that was created by an earthquake really yes okay that's what i that's the lore i've been told <laughs> if i'm wrong i'm sorry i, I know this is i know things. this is a factual based episode but <laughs> i'll still never forget lanny one of my my managers who kind of became a colleague who then kind of became a manager and he's done very big things in his career but i'd been working with him for a couple of days and i kind of mentioned one day that i was skeptical about climate hysteria that i thought well like why well, we need to do something I don't know if it's as, like, urgent as the Al Gore movie says. And he had said that he doesn't believe in plate tectonics. Whoa. And I still don't know to this day. Was he making fun of me? (laughs) Like, like, you're just talking nonsense? Or was he, like, being serious? He was like, like, oh, it's a safe space. (laughs) I have no idea. Because he got got radically promoted, like, the next day. I worked with him for, like, four days. Okay, so Realfort Lake, an 18,000-acre natural area located in Lake and Obion counties in northwest Tennessee. So that must it must cross around. It's just on the border. It, it, if, if it's not the Civil War, it doesn't matter. It's but the lake close. was created by a series of violent New Madrid Fault Zone earthquakes in the winter of 1811 to 1812. Okay, well, there we go. Yeah. So we're on some, like, real serious faults that, like, everybody kind of just forgets are there. <laughs> yeah, we have tornadoes and floods and... and- Big snowstorm this week. <laughs> yeah, we've had a ton of snow. It's super icy and treacherous around our house. It sucks. I was sliding around everywhere in my Kia. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Not great off-roading. No, no, no. It'll go faster than the Camaro on a track, but... 
It's not going anywhere on the ice. <laughs> it's going... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next note that I have is, why is she so Irish? Oh, the... the... Maggie O'Houlihan? Maggie... Well, she's Maggie O'Houlihan first. Yeah. Fact of the podcast. Oh, really? Wow, that's powerful. This early? Yes. Played by Sarah Holcomb. Do you know anything about her? That name sounds vaguely familiar. She was in four films filmed over about 18 months. Animal House, Walk Proud. I don't know it. It's a PG-rated movie about a Chicano gang member trying to leave the life. It was heavily protested by the Latino community. It is poorly received, poorly moneyed, and uh, very difficult to find. Then she was in Happy Birthday, Gemini? Is that what that says? Sorry, it's really dark in here. 1980, it was an adaptation of one of the longest-running non-musical Broadway plays of all time. Okay. It's about a Harvard student who realizes on his 21st birthday that he's in love with his girlfriend's brother, starring Madeline Kahn and Rita Moreno. It was heavily protested by gay activists and is unavailable on any sort of modern media. Were they in the original Broadway? I think so. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was in Caddyshack, her last film. And then just Denzel? Has not been photographed or interviewed in the press since the release of this film. Huh. Okay. There is a... It's probably a thing. The movie Stateside, a movie that I saw in the theater, movie that I have the DVD for, a movie that I actually have some wardrobe for. (laughs) Starring Jonathan Tucker, Rachel Lee Cook, Joe Montana, Carrie Fisher, Ed Begley Jr., and Val Kilmer. And maybe Val Kilmer's last great, great role as a drill sergeant. It's set in 1980 about a young man who kind of is flailing around. He's from a rich family and ends up getting in a car accident drunk and kind of into the Marine Corps. While doing that, he meets a young woman who is schizophrenic living in a halfway house who was kind of a flash-in-the-pan actress. Oh, I think that might be based on Um, her. It also stars David Holcomb, her much younger brother. Oh. And I guess in it's it also says based on a true story is the title of the film. Okay. And in the DVD commentary, if you watch, says that it's based on David Holcomb's sister. Oh, wow. Okay. And the, also it says special thanks to SH in the credits. Huh. It was made on a $16 million budget. It grossed $174,318. No bueno. Which I think I was $8 of. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I did buy the DVD. The DVD has so many typos in the little book that comes with it. Really? Yeah. Wow. But it has never been available for streaming. But it is might be Val Kilmer's last great performance. And it's kind of sad that it's lost in a mediocre film. Okay, guys. Jenny's phone just buzzed while we were recording this. And it says, recommendations, IMDb, Caddyshack. <laughs> okay, Alexa, stop listening. Alexa, subscribe to Forbidden Cinema Podcast. Alexa, buy, buy Minx. Oh, she just went off. <laughs> she heard you from the other room. <laughs> okay, Alexa just made a weird It was like noise. a real, like, Broadway. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we own now. I don't know. If we get like a boat named the Minx delivered tomorrow, that might be a problem. TBD. (laughs) 
So anything want to say about the bear and Calvin Klein and you showed it to me and he's sexy, but I still it's white cotton, but it's, it's trunks. Okay, fine. No, no. You said it's, it's box. It's box of briefs or trunks, something of the like. I don't, I didn't, wasn't paying attention enough to know if the fly was, was stitched or not. Oh, I don't know. Didn't even know that that was a differentiator. That's usually the difference between a trunk and a, and a box of brief. Got it. I don't know that much about men's underwear. Okay. Uh, next I have Fresca. I love Fresca. <laughs> La Fresca. You were trying to decide if you thought maybe Fresca might be a new hotness. I feel like it's coming back. I mean, I remember like, you know, in the early 80s or maybe late mid 80s coming out and us getting it. And it's not pretty to look at in a glass. You just should drink it out of the can. (laughs) What if I were to tell you that Fresca debuted in 1966? Wow. I would say then maybe the 80s was its... Second it's coming. Second coming. Yeah. It was the second sugar-free soft drink with artificial sweeteners ever released about three years after Tab. Well, they did well. They you really know? came a long they way really from Tab. They did. And then they just kept it. There were some sips back in the sugar-free zone. In 1969, it was the highest market share of any sugar-free soda in America. That's awesome. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Amazing Palomas. Lyndon B. Johnson had a button on his desk to order a Fresca. I don't know what I think about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. I had a button to order a Fresca, but uh, horse I don't. Horse nuts or whatever. What's that? Was it his nickname for the Secret Service, Horse Nuts? I don't know. I think he had a very large member and oh. Secret Service helped him get in and out of, yeah, I, I think he was a, a well-known philanderer on the Secret Service. Got it. I mean, that makes sense. It's classy. <laughs> I mean, they had so much, you know, experience with Kennedy. So they're like, oh, old horse nuts, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, don't they like whatever, if he was horse nuts, then everybody in the family had an H name, I think. I think okay. that's how that works. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I haven't paid it. I feel like we're listening to different podcasts. <laughs> it was rebranded as Sparkling Soda Water in 2018, I guess. Trying to like ape on LaCroix. Fine. It has more flavor than most of the sparkling water, so. And it's one of the very, I think the only drink that Coca-Cola sells in America that there is no PepsiCo equivalent to. Oh, wow. Okay. Also, it's kind of funny because I think it's White White Claw. White Claw now has alcohol-free alcohol-free white claws yeah so it's like me? like hard like seltzer hard seltzer brand then back to seltzer <laughs> like non-alcoholic white claws yeah i hate to break it to him that's everything else that already existed i love it I just it's go, hilarious you go, you i think go. it's you, so you put funny your brand on that shit i mean go that, for it. that's like amazon bookstores <laughs> And everybody being fascinated by it. We just we stood outside an Amazon bookstore that was full of people that were just like, wow. It's like all these books in a building. Like, in a real to be delivered tomorrow. This is amazing. What an idea. B. Walden's turning over in his grave. <laughs> I'm sorry, B. Dalton. I'm sorry. Uh, Walden yeah. and B. Dalton. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I should take their I names out of my got, mouth. Like, if I were the, whichever one of them died the last, I would want to be buried like, just right next to both just a huge middle finger tombstone. <laughs> Outlive that asshole. <laughs> All right, so moving on to some release dates. This movie was released July 25th. I was six days old. <laughs> on June 6th, Urban Cowboy. 
Wow. It seems like a different We're talking vibe. about like the 70s. This was still the 70s. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> totally. June 20th, the Blues Brothers and Blue Lagoon. Lots of blue that week. Very. Very different vibes of blue, too. <laughs> July 4th was Airplane. Can you imagine a world where Airplane and Caddyshack are in the theater and the Blues Brothers are in the theater at the same time? No, Airplane seems so much older. Uh, July 18th, Used Cars. That might be on our list. Yeah, I don't it's know like Jack that. Warden and Kurt Russell, maybe. E- yeah, I think you're right. And Cheech and Chong's next movie. It's that seems a lot older too. I know. that does not seem like the 80s. No. July 25th, Caddyshack. August 8th, Xanadu and the fiendish plot of Doctor Fu Manchu. Xanadu seems yeah in another world. And then August 15th, Prom Night. That seems like the 70s. Yeah, early 70s. Smokey and the Bandit 2. Oh, man. Nothing says 70s like Smokey and the Bandit 2. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I guess it's 2. So, yeah, it's later. Yeah, this the top grossing films of 1980. Care to guess, number one? We haven't mentioned it yet. No, just head it to me. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Which was the number one movie. It had been out for months, but it was the number one movie. Like, Anytime Caddyshack had a chance. Caddyshack was number two for a week, but that's it never had a chance. Second grossing film of 1980. Any idea? No. We haven't mentioned it. Nine to five. Love it. I cannot believe that that is the highest grossing non-Star Wars movie. I've never seen that movie. Have you? I haven't. Maybe that goes on our list. It might need to. I love, I mean, love this and Dolly. Next is Stir Crazy. It's Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I don't think I've seen that. I've seen some other Richard Pryor collabs, but not with Gene Wilder. Yeah. Airplane, Any Which Way You Can. Like the second monkey movie with Clint Eastwood. Oh, okay. I might have seen that. I'm sure I have. Private Benjamin. I've heard of Private Benjamin. It's Goldie Hawn. I don't know if it's funny or if it's serious. I don't either. Coal Miner's Daughter. That one's funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Smokey and the Bandit 2, Blue Lagoon, and Blues Brothers. So they're rounded out the top 10. Four of the top 10 this year are R-rated films. Only three of them broke 100 million. That is so different from the way box office works. Yeah, it's crazy. This movie did $40 million on a $6 million budget. It's crazy to think that's a hit, a movie that's making $40 million. But on a $6 million budget, oh, yeah. it's, I mean, that's a huge profit. It is right below I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Manhattan, <laughs> and The Illusionist, or maybe The Prestige. Who knows? <laughs> it is right above The Beach, Friday the 13th, an epic movie. Like like one of the spoof movies? Yeah, like one of the spoof movies from like 2007 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think like post, like, the way ends have been like, no, this is below us now. You know, <laughs> there wasn't even like a Jeff Wayans or whatever. <laughs> Not a long lost, you know, when, Wayans, like, like the long lost Wayans that hangs out with the long lost Baldwin. You've got like the Keatons and your Damons, and then you start to get into your whatever. I can't even think your Sean's and then it's like <laughs> Jeff and Joe, <laughs> and Richard. <laughs> yeah, this was beyond even them. So reviews for this film. 72% of critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a positive review. And 87% of audience. Obviously, this is one that found an audience that has loved it, which I count myself as one yeah, of Yeah, it was now. fun. I was not expecting to have any. It was wacky, but it was fun. Critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, though unabashedly crude and juvenile. Caddyshack nevertheless scores with its classic slapstick, unforgettable characters, and endlessly quotable dialogue. Yeah, that feels right. Positive reviews. 
above average example of the overinflated B-movie gag film genre because of its expert performances, and I love the madness of this film. It celebrates the triumph of the underdog, the eccentric, and even the downright dangerous. <laughs> I love that review. Negative reviews represents everything that's wrong with contemporary film comedy and should have put the gopher to work on the script. <laughs> Agreed. I agree with that. Gopher <laughs> was more than delightful. All right. So we're obviously a little short on runtime here. So it's like, I don't really have anything else. Let's go to the Observer Reporter to see what's going on in 1980, July. Okay. That's that's a time period that I'm not familiar with. History class ends long before this. Well, because that's when we begin. So our history classes never got as far as we, we us, us. We never got much past, like, World War II, you know. Barely. And, and usually we barely got to the Civil War. I mean, it depends. I did in college. Like, I took a class that specifically was, like, you know, mid, like modern oh, history. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I figured most of my history books were probably public, you know, because I was, like, year 12. You know, it was almost, <laughs> they were falling apart. Most of my history books were probably written before 1980. Yeah, I took a college course of, like, the politics of, like, up to the Civil, like, America's up to the Civil War. And mm. then basically, like, I don't know when it started, but I feel like it was, like, the 20th century. If I could find a night class to talk about, like, American history, 1960 to 1990. We, we got a lot into like 60s, 70s, like Vietnam, 80s, a lot of that. Yeah, I'd be very interested in that. The front page, Jimmy Carter has agreed to cooperate and testify in Billy Carter's Libyan dealings. I know nothing about this story. No. It sounds like a pretty big story, though. It does, yeah. We have next on the uh, top stories, eight police officers shot in a race riot in Chattanooga in 1980. Oh, wow. Police are shooting out streetlights, dusk till dawn curfews. They are cordoning off and barricading predominantly black neighborhoods in Chattanooga. They're activists on both sides hoping to avoid the slaughter that happened in the race riots of 71 in Chattanooga. There were none race of, riots in 71? None of this is anything that I know about. No. This is just shocking to me. I mean, Chattanooga is just right over there. It's over there and it's sleepy and artsy. Like, that's what I know about Chattanooga. It's like got bluffs and like you can see Rock City. We met a capybara. Yeah. It was the last thing we did before the pandemic. Ruby Falls. And yeah, no, I had no idea. Yeah. So and I'm going to look more into this story and yeah, see I'm, I'm about what's going on. Yeah. We have Palestinians hijacking a Kuwaiti airport or airplane. We have GM reporting record losses. That's a weird thing to think. It is. It seems. It's the gas crisis. Yeah. Is it during the tail end, I guess. And I guess, you know, Japanese auto is starting to become a thing. Yeah. We have uprising of indigenous Australians. Oh. They're like attacking Sydney with bows and arrows. That's wow. not something I'd ever realized happened in my lifetime. That's fascinating. We have Vietnamese forces capturing Pol Pot's stronghold. Oh. That's a. That's a big deal, I too. I didn't realize that Vietnam was still a, was like. Invading other countries in the 80s? Is that a thing? I mean, I think we really, like, moonwalked away from Vietnam and just was, like, we, like, our wounds and did not look good. And it just, things just kept happening over there that I don't think we paid attention to. But, I mean, I know enough about Pol Pot to know bad dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Khmer Rouge and ethnic cleansing. I know, I know we will have to know and... that if, you know, Joey Tribbiani had suggested that that be his new sage name. Right. <laughs> like, along with Joseph <laughs> Stalin, that that was a bad idea. We have... U.S. and Western Europe criticized the Palestinian plan as totally one-sided and totally unrealistic. Okay. 
A lot of this doesn't seem that far off of the news this week. Does not? No. If you can meet the Burger King live and in person Sunday from 1 to 4. Woohoo! We were talking about that. Like, was the Burger King ever showed back up here lately? But that's not something I remember in my lifetime. Oh, the king? Yeah, that weird, no. lifeless monster. No, that was never a mascot when we were kids. Apparently it was, just... it was when I was six days old. No. <laughs> I guess I, was, I would have been eight They were like, Wolfman, too scary. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stick with this Ronald McDonald kid. We have a coupon for two beef and cheddars and a tossed salad for $2.90. Oh, man, beef and like cheddars. The tossed salad might have aged poorly. <laughs> Maybe, but two I don't beef even... and cheddars for two ninety. Yeah, <laughs> bring it up. You want to go split a beef and cheddar here <sighs> in the next month? I might. We have beef and cheddars for uh for our Royal Rumble party. Ooh, have Arby's catered? <laughs> <laughs> find me someone that has a problem with that. I don't think, so. and I'll find you someone that's getting a leg dropped on him. I mean, <laughs> brother. <that's> a... <laughs> we have. Terry Hazlitt, our movie critic. Yes. He isn't promoted to movie critic yet. Oh. Someone else does a review of Blues Brothers. He's doing a review of local theater. Ah, Terry. <laughs> We're rooting for you. We are. We are. Is the Terry only... still with us? Yes. Yes. We need to like, we need to reach, need out, to reach to out to him. I think he's still spinning. Oh, that's like, right. Whatever on Sunday he's, afternoons. He's DJing. Can yeah. we call into his show? I think we can. Yes. We just never think about it on Sunday afternoon. We got to figure this out. <laughs> it's like three years we've been doing this. He might not be with us now. I mean, but I don't know. We, he we was three years ago when we first had this idea. Oh, man. I would have missed our window. <laughs> the only theater showing Caddyshack in Western Pennsylvania is the Route 19 drive through Love it. <laughs> we have 8.4% interest rate on six month CDs. What a time. But I mean, mortgages were bullshit. (laughs) Mortgages were 14%. Yeah, they were. But still, our grandparents like were able to retire on CDs. (laughs) So even though mortgage rates bullshit, houses still didn't cost that much. I think my parents' first house was like 18,000. Exactly. This is in Western Pennsylvania where 56 to 80. That's... This, this, this place is like, this was rich neighborhood compared Ooh, to where I grew up. Ooh, swanky. Yeah, west side, west side Cleveland, uh, Lorraine County over here. But still, I mean, even with that percentage rate, like, I think that you were able to pay that house off pretty, like, a lot quicker. Yeah. This is page, like, 24 of the paper, and I am just, I want to look more into this story. Helen Hagnes Mintix, 30 years old. She was the premier violinist at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. They were they played Stravinsky's Firebird. Mm-hmm. It's you know one of my yeah. favorite pieces. It's crazy. Like, like yeah, the it's... person that created this was Stravinsky was a madman. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The uh, Piazzolla's Five Tangos used recorded music. So they had about a forty-five minute break. She left the orchestra pit. When they came back for Don Quixote, about forty-five minutes later, she wasn't there, and everybody was really concerned. Her violin, you know, multi-multi-million dollar violin was still there in her chair. They put it up, started looking for her. She didn't show up for the last song and found her clothes were still in her locker. Search was on and about 8.30 the next morning they found her nude body bound blindfolded in a ventilation shaft. Oh my god. It was very much a kind of modern day Phantom of the Opera story. Wow. Um. 
the knots that were used were the same as used in the rigging for the stage curtains and sandbags. Okay. Uh, more than a month later, a stagehand, 21-year-old Craig Crimmins, was noted to have been seen talking to her and telling her this ballerina that she wanted to see was on the fourth floor, which was 100% not the case. Oh, wow. In intimidation or in interrogation, they also notified, noted that uh, he had missed his next curtain call as well. And in interrogation, confessed he attempted a sexual assault. She resisted, and he threw her off a sixth floor rooftop. But he like threw her off the like. He had bound her. Yeah, it was it was not a good scene. Oof. Not a good scene. He was sentenced to twenty to life and uh, paroled last year. Fuck, that's it. Twenty to like. So that was that was nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. So he uh, served seven twenty three eighty forty years. Forty forty something years. years. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. And he was paroled. Uh huh. That's so brutal. Oh my gosh. This is just. The worst story I've come across in this oh entire Oh, my gosh. It's terrible. And I've never heard about this on any – we listen to so many true crime. It, it blows my mind. This has not come up. I mean, how real of a thing is that? This 30-year-old child prodigy, you know, violinist disappears in the middle – In the middle of performance. That's, oh, that's insane. Wow. And, like, none of this was no, – this was, this was the day after when this paper was done. So, like, I've had to, like, Google other stuff. This was just like, huh, you know. That's wild. I don't even, I just got nothing. I mean, that's Yeah, I mean, just, that's, yeah. I, man. I, we could do an entire podcast on that. I kind of think that we could. I kind of think there's a couple of people there's that have had some tragic, things, we could have like a little bit of a true crime corner yeah. occasionally. Walter Matthau and Burgess Meredith are heading up the actor strike. Which might be why there's not many good movies coming out this year. <laughs> it's Burgess Meredith's fault. The Penguin is... I want her mouth out. I mean... <laughs> what's, his, what's the neighbor's name in Dennis? I don't remember his name, but he plays... Mr. Like, Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson and the Penguin. <laughs> like, only a kooky bird would come up with this idea of a writer's strike or <laughs> an actor's strike. Robin? I mean, I do love Walter Matthau is in like, my Holy right. workers will uh, control the means of production, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Sorry. I, no, it's fine. You love Walter Matthau. I do. He was in like one of my Oh, Charade. Yes. Yeah, yeah, your favorite movie. My favorite movies. Is, he's in Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. He's in yes. the Denzel Washington role. Yes. That's, I don't think that's the, really the way that works. I think that Denzel Washington is in his role, <laughs> honestly. I don't know. Once Denzel does it. I, it's hard to say. The, the man's a magician. He <laughs> is. But he didn't originate it. Okay. We have Richard Pryor leaving the hospital, interviewed by Barbara Walters. Oh, oh, wow. After From, his, like, like that, leaving the hospital. Like, like, like ready to have a street on fire? Like, 100,000 people have freebased, and I'm the only one that ever blew up. Oh, There's wow. a lot of racial slurs I didn't say in there, but... But that's the that's gist. That's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lighting a match. Like, what's that? It's Richard Pryor running down the street. <laughs> and a Toyota Celica selling for 6400 bucks. Wow. Brand new. No wonder GM's losing all this money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. I got to admit, I half-assed the review of Playboy July of 1980. I'm sorry. Was, wasn't that interesting? Well, it was like, I felt like I'd seen it before, but I don't feel like we've reviewed it. Okay. But I, so I came up with a little game. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you, the first page is Earth, Wind, and Fire selling boomboxes. <laughs> Which I know we have not done a deep dive on this issue because I would have brought that up. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. So cameras. Okay. Automotive. Mm-hmm. Cigarette. Alcohol. Audio. Video. Okay. Six categories. Which one has the most full-page advertisements in this issue of Playboy? 1980. If you get it right, I'll let you go to bed, pull any kind of cheap moves on you. If you get it wrong, you'll have to fight off my cheap moves. You'll, you'll have to reject me. That's, it that's is, I'm not getting any either way. But, you know. Isn't that nice? Uh, so this is 1980. 1980. You said alcohol, cigarettes, audio. Audio, video, and camera. Audio, video, and audio, video are one. Audio and video and camera are three. Maybe I should have made audio, video, camera one. Then it would have. So, spoiler alert: none of those are the answer. Audio, video, camera and are camera are not are not. Okay. Were they combined? They'd be real tight. Okay. So the answer is either automotive, cigarette, or booze. Nineteen eighty. I'm gonna say cigarettes. We have ten audio. We have five camera. Three video. I guess it's a little early for video. We have 16 automotive. We have 13 cigarette. We have 10, 20, 37 (laughs) advertisements for booze. Wow. I mean, I would, one, I would have thought that the automotive conglomerate would have tried harder since they are (laughs) not doing that well. But cigarettes just seem so like. So 80s, right? Well, there might only be 12 cigarette brands, though. Well, cigarettes seem so 80s. Yeah, 70s, like, we see, feel like whatever alcohol, whatever of the 70s. The 80s doesn't feel like that alcohol of a heavy time to me, but I guess this is the very edge. I don't know. There's advertisements for Wild Turkey, for Eagle Rare, for... Really? Yeah. A lot of bourbon. Interesting. Yeah. Whiskey. Not what you would expect. No. Jack Daniels has one. Oh. Evan Williams has one. Wow. I mean, there's also, like... Hugh Blind's co- pre-bottled cocktails and whatever, you know. <laughs> Uncle Poppy's grape. Midori. Grape grapes, scotch. <laughs> Jumbo Jimmy's grape scotch. <laughs> Jameson's Irish. I love that. It's still Jameson's Irish back then. <laughs> All right. So we have the Playmate of the Year 2768, Dorothy Stratton in Galaxina. So once again, another true crime bummer. Oh, she is? You know her. She's Star 80, the movie based on her. Talked about her on this podcast. We have. She was murdered by her on again, off again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manager slash whatever. We have Terry Bradshaw and Bo Derek together. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) He should be so lucky. We have uh, Martin Mull, like, tiptoeing through an orgy in the movie Serial. I've never heard of this thing. No. (laughs) We have an interview with Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Is that the right way to say that? I don't know. Okay. That's that's probably the most. But this is the year of the Olympic boycott. The, year the okay. Olympics are in Moscow. That, that What I meant to say was that that's probably like the, the easiest path to go. Okay. Okay. We have an auto pulse phone dialer for a pre-touch tone phone <laughs> automatic dialer. It's $79.95 and will store 30 numbers. Oh, it's cute. We have the Lord Calvert Canadian Whiskey Sweepstakes. Grand prize, seven days in a helicamper to fish in Canada. It's like... That sounds awesome. It's like a helicopter meets a Winnebago. That sounds like stripes. (laughs) If you don't want to go fishing, you can get a Mazda RX-7. (laughs) Okay. Good consolation. 
10 first prize winners are a Senko 420XL video camera, and 15 the third prize winners or second prize winners get a video projector. <laughs> like, straight up, like, 16-millimeter film projector. That's not a bad prize. I don't know. This is not a... T- this is... Things coming to you on film reels are going away. Yeah, but there's still some people that are down to that. I feel like I was looking because our Sarah Holcomb was in mentioned in the 1978 issue of Playboy for Sex and Cinema from Animal House. Mm-hmm. It looks that still had Columbia House, and you could get you know your ten records for a penny or whatever, and you could get them in record, eight track, cassette. Or seven inch reel to reel. Nice <laughs> seven inch reel to reel to reel. That sounds amazing. <laughs> then we have an interview with Jacques Morali, the creator of the Village People, for "Is There Life After Disco?" That's kind of crazy to think of that being kind of a Backstreet Boys slash New Kids on the Block. I don't think I realized that about the, uh, oh, the, the Village, Village People. people? They, were they were created a created group. Huh, no, I didn't either. We have the girls of the Big Island of Hawaii photo shoot. The big eruption that just happened. Oh wow! Yeah, like the one that, like, if you go there now, yeah, I don't even know if you're allowed to go there because I think they might be, it might be erupting again. But yeah, very striking. Yeah, that was changes wild looking, which is like rainforest to desert mm-hmm. that had just happened. Um, we have financial strategies for the 1980s. The U.S. dollar will become worthless. Exchange it for anything at all. Gold, silver, diamonds, condos. <laughs> I mean, the 70s were, were a drag. John they were. said it pretty well. No no one was, you know, no one was optimistic. We have Miss July 1980, Miss Terry Peterson. She is still alive. Yay. She has been most of her career a stage actor in L.A., she is a personal trainer and martial arts instructor. She was born in 1959. Her youngest daughter moved into college last fall. She had a daughter at 46. Good on her. That's... Yeah, but but has like used that as an excuse to you know become a personal trainer and a you know advocate for women in your 40s, 50s, and 60s being very active. We have. No, I looked at this issue before. Dudley Moore looks for a perfect Ted. Uh, There's ten shots of Dudley Moore trying to figure out how to find beautiful women. It's like, you can become a rock star. You can go to a nude beach. You can hang out in women's steam rooms. You can... Uh, <laughs> it's just Dudley Moore in various... Just... I don't know if there's any of them we could post, but... They all seem really inappropriate. Very much so. Very much so. I wonder if I can really quickly scroll to it. I mean, we even have, like, advertisements for Empire Strikes Back in this. I mean, that's nuts to think of about reading a magazine. There we go. Old Dudley. Looking for a perfect 10. Become a coach of women's basketball. He's so short. He's T-tiny. All right. We have 20 questions with the crispy colonel himself. Yeah. I mean, he's an early crush for me. <laughs> Love me some George Hamilton. I mean, is it the fact Zora that he's... the Gay Blade? Is that what you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Zora the Gay Blade. And like when he, they had that show where he and Rod Stewart were on there because they share an ex-wife. Yes, yes. He responded to a tweet of mine and like, Best day of my life. <laughs> Sorry. Can you tell who the three of these people are looking at a concert together? What? Well, see, Lonnie Anderson. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? That's not one of the ones I was. Meeting, oh, I. But 
I have to get closer. I can't see those. If people. you get closer, you'll see the names. But I mean, you can cover up the names. You can't. But I can't see those people well enough to look at all. Sean Connery, John Travolta. That's that's all I know that I see. Mikhail Baryshnikov. Oh, okay. He's he's looking pretty uh, thirsty with his beard, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He almost looks like he looks like Jamie Dornham. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not thinking that would be a thing. I guess it was during the uh, filming of Urban Cowboy, Travolta invited them to go see Mickey Gilly, the character that's kind of based on. Okay. And that's Baryshnikov, Travolta, and it's quite and a trio in one row at a concert. That's I want to be at that concert. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. Let's make that happen. That's it's a dream dream dinner date. I mean, we don't have Connery anymore, so can I go replace him the next time <laughs> for to go out? I mean, Travolta was a pretty hot Santa. Let's say like, this this ad season, y'all. I mean, can Bristikov sit in between me and him so we don't have to talk about Scientology the whole time? Probably. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what Bershnikov's into, but... It's probably not... Probably that. not Scientology. All right, on that note... <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing next. Oh, yeah, we, we don't. We, haven't even we have no it. idea. This is a really short episode. We love you guys. Sorry. It's, Mystery episode. It's been a wild time, guys. It's... It has. I feel like we're coming to the... Coming out of some season of something. I feel like it... Send some positive vibes, because I feel like we're on the brink. And yeah, follow us on Instagram, Forbidden Cinema. Check out all of the pre-stuff. I will prep some stuff for you guys, promise. Send us an email, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. Minx, unfortunately, will not is not renewed for season three. I, I'm guessing you can still watch one and two. I don't know what they've decided on all that, but hopefully you can Google it, find I it. I did try to cancel my Star subscription, and they gave me like 99 cents for month for two more months i was like okay okay well we gotta find something on stars to watch then but if you haven't watched minx if you can find it watch season one season two it's amazing the best you can go back and listen to our coverage on our feed minx on stars going deeper a red shoe diaries deep dive on that we could let us know what you think i mean it seems like red shoe diaries is fun we it's fun and easy for us and yeah, we could continue to do that in its own little way. Or maybe that becomes our true crime podcast. <laughs> Let us know what you think. <laughs> new year, new who knows what. <laughs> Anything else you're, I mean, we're about finished with Naked Attraction. We've made it through Friends again. Oh, Friends times 10. I'm watching more. the original Jack Reacher and really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're watching a lot of. A guy's grocery guys store grocery. our dinner tonight. <laughs> I, I got. I felt like real competitive about it. Like I don't know. It was. It was. Oh yeah, we've been watching guys' grocery games and what supermarket stakeout. Yeah, and we're snowed in right now. And Jenny was like, "That's fine. We're gonna supermarket stakeout <laughs> right. it." Let's see what we got in the pantry. It's it was a freezer, and <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Way to go, babe. I feel like I need to like walk through my process with the judges. And had <laughs> <laughs> a great Southwest sweet potato scramble, and yeah. It was Fantastic, babe. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.